Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Today is Friday, September 27th, 2019. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Amber Geiger takes the stand on the fifth day of her trial for murdering both of Jean. We'll show you the crying former Dallas police officer. Bill Cosby went to jail just over a year ago. We'll talk with his spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, to see how he is doing. A Florida commissioner gave a verbal beatdown to a cop who arrested him several years ago in a ceremony honoring the cop. Speaking of verbal beatdowns, a former ICE official got pretty heated with a congresswoman. Y'all got to see this white man trying to talk down to this sister. <laughs> Plus, bullying young black girls by young white kids will tell you two cases, including one where they cut the dreadlocks of this sister at a school where the, the uh, wife of Vice President Mike Pence teaches. And also, crazy-ass white woman loses her mind in L.A., there might be a job opening soon in Hollywood. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. Lots of tears today in Dallas as fire Dallas police officer Amber Geiger took the stand in her defense in her murder trial. She, of course, is on trial for the murder of Botham Jean. She walked into his apartment. She says she was mistaken, thinking it was hers, shot and killed him. Well, on the stand today, prosecutors were very, very tough on her as they broke down her testimony. Here's what she had to say. And I'm gonna need you to step back. First of all, uh, when you were walking down that hall, I want you to show the jury how you carry this equipment, okay? Somebody, they're inside my apartment. And I was learning me on this. 
your heart rate just skyrocketed. This feeling you never want to feel again. As the door opened, uh, did you see a, uh, anything in your apartment? Yes, I did. That's whenever. How did the door get fully open? I used my left arm to fully open it. And at that time, that's whenever I'm drawing my service weapon out. All at the same time? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, when you saw that figure, uh, or silhouette of a figure at the back, did you do anything? Yes. I looked, that's whenever I pulled my gun out, and I yelled at him. It's like, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. What was the figure doing? It moving around. Yeah. Did that cause you some concern? Yes. Why is that? I couldn't see his hands. How fast is his head? Real fast. It's seconds. Are you still holding your equipment? Yes, I am. What did the figure do after you said, let me see your hands? He started coming towards me. Uh, how fast was he coming towards you? A fast-paced walk. Wasn't running? Wasn't running. All right. When you saw him coming towards you, what was going through your mind? Did you hear anything as he was walking towards you? He, there was a loud yell. He was yelling, hey, 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 in an aggressive voice. Okay. When you pulled your weapon at night and you fired, why did you fire? Of course, she's been charged with murder, and there are people who have been critical of the Dallas DA for pursuing that, saying that uh, she did not have intent. During the cross-examination, the prosecutors kept laying out that it was her intent to kill both of them, Jean, when she pulled her gun. Let's go to our panel here, Dr. Neon Bay Carter, Howard University, Department of Political Science, Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor for environmental justice at the Environmental Protection Agency, Teresa Lundy, principal founder, TML Communications. Teresa, it's very interesting uh, looking at um, this testimony here. And again, uh, folks are saying tragic accident, uh, just one of those things that happens. But the reality is both of Jean is dead. She's alive. And here's the piece. If you're, if you're truly sorry, okay, fine. Plea. Plead to a lesser charge. But the reality is she pleads not guilty. Yes, it is. I mean, so this entire case for me personally, it, it shows that um, the, the the perception that white women have about those who, um, you know, are not looking like them that are in their um, that are in their home. So it's obvious that she felt that she was scared. Um, but again. I don't think she even gave a moment to the to the gentleman that was in her home before she put her gun. So yes, her testi testimony was very important when she came on the scene uh, to the to the home. But again, I don't think there was any communication that was happening before she pulled the trigger multiple times. 
What is what is crazy here, uh, Dr. Carter, is that uh, the people who say, well, look, it was an accident. Okay, but accidents happen all the time. Absolutely. And, and people go to prison. Absolutely. People have consequences for the accidents that happen. And I think, you know, as Teresa was saying, part of what, you know, shocks the conscience is, and even in her testimony, that she said this is seconds. So she hadn't had time to assess the situation. She clearly hadn't even looked around, right, to see where she was. She just saw a figure and she starts firing because she says she's scared. And I think going back to being scared, and you hear officers lean on this time and time again, I'm afraid, and that gives you carte blanche to shoot someone. You were closest to the door. You had just come home. The door was cracked. Um, I don't know if it closed behind her, but she clearly had an opportunity to step back, to flee, but she decided to stand her ground and shoot. And as you said, she won't plead because she actually thinks she did nothing wrong, that she can get off, and that she will most likely get off. I mean, all of those crocodile crocodile tears today, talking about how sorry she is. But the reality is the Jean family is missing a member right now. This young man's life is gone, and it is not coming back. And there are no amount of tears that can, that can replace that. And even this idea that I don't have to own anything about this other than I'm sorry and I was afraid, I think is insulting to the Botham John family. Mustafa, what, what, you, what was interesting again, uh, I was um, going back and forth with a Dallas conservative radio talk show host on Twitter uh, who felt that the, that the prosecution was using the wrong language with her, kept talking about how they overcharged her and all those different things and how this was racial resentment by Black Lives Matter. No, what black people have been saying is that when a cop kills people, it's always something else. It's always an accident. It always a trigger went off. It always I was in defense. And that's what you're dealing with here. And them charging uh, with murder. Now, of course, uh, the jury has to make this determination. But, but, but listening to her go through this, what, what strikes me is I was in fear. So was the dude who was in his own apartment. Mm -hmm. And a cop walks in and pulls the gun out, and he ends up dead. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I grew up in a family with police officers and law enforcement executives, and I'm wondering who's doing their training anymore. Because the, every time we keep hearing, as, as was just said, you know, folks keep saying, I was uh, afraid, you know, I was uh, afraid for my life, these different types of things. I'm like, you are supposed to be trained for very stressful situations, and you are supposed to be able to take the time to properly analyze that. And this definitely is, this whole case has never set properly with me. There's just too many things that just don't add up. And I think that the jury will end up finding that also. You know, I've always wondered, where's the talk screen? So if this was somebody else who had done this, they'd want to know, did you have any drugs in your system? Did you have any alcohol in your system? Did you stop someplace after work and get something? When you don't do those types of things, then there's no way for us to know if there were some other things that were going on in this process. And then the other part, too, is that, you know, you, you walk in, when you pull your gun, you know that there's a good possibility that somebody might lose their life. So that automatically brings you into a scenario where you are making a decision. She could have very easily took a step back, mm -hmm. called for backup, and said, there's somebody who's inside. I think there's somebody inside of my apartment. I'm going to go in, or I'm going to wait for, for backup to come. So there's just a whole bunch that just does not sit right. And, and I'm sorry. For me, this is another part of this whole privilege paradigm that goes on, where folks think that they get a pass when they do certain things. Well, again, uh, she uh, testified today, of course. Uh, we'll wait to see what the defense does next. They likely will rest. And then it will be in the hands of the jury. We'll certainly keep uh, you updated on what happens uh, in that case. All right, folks, uh, more drama today in Washington, D.C. 
over the whole issue of impeaching Donald Trump. Democrats uh, want to narrow this whole thing down to solely uh, this Ukraine issue as opposed to um, as opposed to the Mueller report and things along those lines. I personally think that is a mistake. You also have now Donald Trump meeting with the National Rifle Association asking them, according to the New York Times, to pay for or help him in his defense. Wayne LaPierre, heads the NRA, says, okay, we'll do that, but you cannot pursue any gun laws. Talk about quid quo pro. Mm -hmm. uh, Mustafa, it's interesting you, you see how Republicans are operating. Mm -hmm. They keep trying to throw out Joe Biden's corrupt. It's been well established that uh, that just simply ain't gonna fly. Mm -hmm. Now that same whistleblower is report, uh, had, in his complaint says that they were placing these calls on a different server mm -hmm. to keep it out of hands, a private server, mm -hmm. which, okay, shows another, uh, another motive there as well. Uh, and the pressure is on Republicans. Uh, you have Jeff Flake, a former senator, who says that if there was a private vote, 30 to 35 Republicans would vote for impeachment. Mm -hmm. Well, that shows that those Republicans have no guts because if you think privately he should be impeached, well, then you should have the guts to do it publicly. Uh, and so Democrats also want to rush this. There's talk of actually having a vote by November. Smart or a mistake? I think that it, you have to kind of move forward. You got to get the facts in place. But I think that there is momentum now to move forward on the inquiry and then to take it to the next level um, if folks have found everything that's in alignment to actually, you know, um, move forward. And, and I'm one who believes, you know, that if you allow too much time to pass, marketing firms, all these other folks will get into the game. They'll try and muddy the water. They'll try and lessen the impacts. Um, that currently are going on from the president. From what we've seen so far, um, you know, these things that he has done in relationship to the Ukraine and, and this pay to play, and, and you know, if you'll go out and find this dirt on Joe Biden, then, you know, I'll move these billions in your direction. Folks got to, got to stand up and do the right thing. All these folks took an oath. They took an oath to, to help to protect the country. I see this as actually damaging the country. Um, and, you know, we had a big conversation today, actually, in the airport um, around some conspiracy things and some other things that folks were talking about. And, and people on both sides of the aisle are starting to actually see the, the trueness of who uh, the president currently is. So, you know, um, that old adage, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. He's being very clear with who he is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a mistake to rush it. Mm -hmm. I, I believe you have, to, you have to properly lay this thing out and unfold it for the American people. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the end of September. We're about to go into October. Mm -hmm. If you talk about trying to have a vote by November, what, no hearings? I, hearings, I believe, serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. I believe the hearings allows for you to call witnesses to lay out exactly what took place. I also think it's a mistake to limit it just to Ukraine. I think you have to show the breadth and the depth of uh, the insanity in this administration. Mm -hmm. I think showing the obstruction of justice in the Mueller report, showing how they have ignored subpoenas, how they are trying to exert, uh, uh, assert executive privilege where none exists, I think causes the American people to say, damn, wait, hold up. 
boom, 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 boom. The thing is just bigger than just this one incident, because if you limit it to the one incident, Republicans say, oh, this is just one thing. That, to me, I think is still a mistake. Well, and I think part of the, the, the strategy may be, at least on this one thing, they can kind of move forward with the, the impeachment, uh, with the impeachment in the House. I mean, of course, when it goes to the Senate, and, and there's a hearing there. I mean, we know much is not going to happen in the Senate. Mitch McConnell has pretty much said, uh, this isn't happening on my watch. Well, first of all, so, he has to do it. He so has to do by, it, absolutely. By the Constitution. By law. He can, but he doesn't this, have to this, vote this, to right, convict. Right, right, right. This, this is not like a bill absolutely. where he can just ignore it. He has to have has an to actual have the, trial. He has to have the trial, but again, if you've already decided at the beginning what you're going to do, right, that no amount of information is actually going to change anything about the way you or the other Republican senators are going to vote, then it's just an exercise, right? And I think that's partly what Democrats are concerned about, um, in part because American people's reticence to do this is thinking about the cost that it will entail. This will cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, I happen to think that that's actually money well spent if you're thinking about the sanctity of this democracy and thinking about the integrity of the office. But I think people are a little squeamish. I mean, people remember the Clinton hearings and thinking about all that that had um, wrapped up in, and it looked like political theater because... Yeah, but, 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 that, but that was about sex. But the point is, he's going to make the claim, this is just about a friendly phone call. It's well, of course. But, 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 but still, I think he's called this a witch hunt. The difference there was you were, you were literally having an impeachment hearing right. over sex. Yes. Not trying to get a foreign nation yes, to, to interfere in an election Absolutely. after we already have numerous intelligence agencies laying out yes. how the Russians tried to interfere in 2016. So I, so I think even though it's a spectacle, I think that's a different well, sort of thing. It was, it was a... You can call it a moral failing, you can call it a personal failing, whatever you want. I do think um, the... the this, the thing, though, that still sticks with people, right, is that this was looked like a moment that it was about nothing. And I think for his yes. supporters, they will say this is about nothing. And I do agree with you, though, that doing this, right, gives the Democrats and gives the, the Congress the investigatory ability mm -hmm. to look more deeply. And it may be just the Ukraine today, but we don't know where this thing stops because there was also talk on that same phone call about them staying, the Ukrainian uh, president staying at a Trump hotel, a, a business that he's not divested himself of as of, as of today, as a sitting president. There was the talk about buying U.S. missiles, right. buying U.S. oil. Yeah. There was a lot of conversation about a lot of different kinds of things in that, in that phone call. So we don't know how deep this is going to be. And this is what they're saying today. Right? But we don't actually right. know how long this is going to take. And it could take months. And I think it should take months. <laughs> Teresa, again, what you have here is Democrats should not be afraid of months of hearings. They shouldn't be. I think what you're seeing Democrats say is if we can hurry up and have this vote, then it won't be happening in the middle of primary season. It should be. I mean, again, I, I, it's this whole notion of let's hurry up, the public, uh, they, you know, they can't just sort of wait for it. Let the Republicans lie. Let them spin. Let them keep saying, oh, this is amount to nothing. You keep dropping that hammer every single day, and you see lie, 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 lie. It adds up. Absolutely, it adds up. And so uh, one thing about Republicans are once they get the talking point, they stick to it. Mm -hmm. And they stick to it like nobody's business. Most of them that I know, they stick to it better than Democrats. And because they stick to that same talking point, that talking point will be the ruin 
of their um, the basis of what this entire um, uh, issue is. And so I think, you know, I agree with you. I know I agree with you, not I think. I agree with you as it relates to extending this out, having the inquiry, having those dialogues, pulling out the extensive talking points and the bullets that will that really will connect with the American people so they can have an understanding of the, the case and in its entirety. Because in its entirety, right now, it just shows, oh, you know, Donald Trump being cavalier. I just had a phone conversation. We congratulated each other. You know, we're, we're, we're building a relationship, a rapport, which is not the case. The, the case is, is that you're uh, doing um, uh, abuse of power, that you're conveying abuse of power, and that you're, you're, you're making sure that your administration is also utilizing their, their powers for the misdeeds of what the office is supposed to do for the American people. Well, again, I think what you're seeing here, uh, you're going to see lots of back and forth. Democrats, I believe, are making a mistake if they want to try to just hurry up and do this whole deal. Again, you must spell things out. And again, every time the Republicans try to spin, you got to nail them on it. Even Chris Wallace at Fox News blasted mm -hmm. their spin, saying it makes no sense whatsoever. And so we'll certainly see uh, what is going to happen next. Going to a break right now. We come back. We'll talk with a spokesman for Bill Cosby. He has now been in prison for one year after being found guilty last year. We'll find out uh, how he is doing up next. Roland Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, you heard me talk a lot about MarijuanaStock.org because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. We've all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by New Frontier Data estimates the global cannabis market at more than $340 billion. Now, we know that marijuana legalization is sweeping the country state by state. We also know that marijuana has a good cousin, the hemp plant, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically illegal in the United States and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, that all changed with the 2018 Farm Bill, making it legal to grow hemp in the U.S. Now, folks, this is very simple. They're going to need land to grow all of these plants in states where it is legal. This is not rocket science, and it's an incredible investment opportunity laid out by our good friends at 420 Real Estate. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed, high-paying tenants. They are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. What they've done for the folks watching Roller Martin Unfiltered is allow for you to make a minimum investment of $200. Originally, it was $500. Again, this crowdfunding campaign, you can give as little as $200 up to $10,000. When you participate, go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org. Get in the game and get in the game now. Folks, Bill Cosby was once known as America's dad. He has marked his one-year prison anniversary this week. He is serving, of course, three to ten years behind bars 
for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant in 2004. He was convicted last year, was moved to general population at the maximum security SCI Phoenix facility outside of Philadelphia earlier this year. Of course, uh, according to uh, folks there, he's become somewhat of a fellow a role model for the fellow inmates. And someone who has visited him frequently over the last year is Andrew Wyatt, his spokesman. Andrew, glad to have you on Roland Martin Unfiltered. First and foremost, um, there was a video that was posted that was on his uh, account, on his uh, Instagram account, uh, you and Ben Chavis uh, recently visiting him. And so was that a request by, by Cosby for Ben Chavis to visit, uh, or did Ben want to visit Bill Cosby? How did, how did that, how was that arranged? Well, Roland, thanks, thanks first off for having me on your show. Um, Mr. Cosby, uh, this was Mr. Dr. Chavis' third visit with Mr. Cosby. Uh, Mr. Cosby had requested for Dr. Chavis to see him again. He wanted to talk to him and thank him uh, for what Black Press USA uh, has been doing to put out the truth and facts of the trial and, and things that the mainstream media did not want you to hear at the trial, uh, to hear what these, um, even these 404 B witnesses, accusers uh, said at the trial. And only black press was there. Black radio, national black radio wasn't there. So he wanted to thank Dr. Benjamin Chavis for standing his fight, supporting him, and to talk about this new revolution. You know, Mr. Cosby has always said that the revolution's in the home. But right now, he said his new revolution is in SCI Phoenix. That's his new home. And what he's getting to do to change the lives of these young men who are uh, up for parole, uh, being released and going back into their communities and showing them that they can remove the DIS uh, from disadvantage and talk about the advantages that they have as black men being better, better fathers, better husbands, uh, better community leaders. Um, and when you talk about um, what he is doing, so what exactly uh, is he doing there uh, in prison? What is his daily life like? Well, Mr. Gosby gets up at uh, 3 a.m. every morning. He's blind, uh, so his, his body just tells him just to get up. And he might get up at midnight and he'll tell the officers to wake him up at 3 a.m. And then he exercises in his cell. He does, he's up to doing 300 leg lifts, 300 crunches. And then uh, he, he goes to breakfast. He's in a veterans area of the, of the prison. Uh, for inmates who served time in the military. Uh, of course, he did four years in the Navy. And um, he spends his time speaking with guys. Guys come to his cell. But what he was asked to do uh, roughly about six to seven months ago was start participating uh, with uh, two organizations that are in the prison called Man Up and Men of Valor. And he speaks to these men. It's, it's 300 plus men. He talks to them about the umbilical cord that you came from this umbilical cord and uh, how can you abuse women uh, if, if you came from an umbilical cord. Your mother, you came from her. You didn't abuse her. And, and just various topics that they talk about and they requested him matter of, a matter of fact the warden from my understanding uh tammy ferguson uh she sat in on one of these mentoring sessions and after it was done she spoke and said this is a miracle this is a living miracle uh because you know these guys they respect him they, they they love him they listen to him they even talk about his appeal and how he should not be there uh and and that's what he's doing and that's how he's passing by the time you know or, of course dr benjamin chavis 
who did uh, seven years in North Carolina prison with the Wilmington 10, he understands. And he told Mr. Cosby, he said, you're that political prisoner that I was. Uh, and I want you to stay mentally focused and mentally strong and keep fighting this revolution. And that's what Mr. Cosby is doing. Um, his family has not come to prison to visit him. And my <laughs> understanding, that's because Bill Cosby made it clear he did not want them to come see him in prison, correct? Correct. Yeah, he said uh, that when he left home, he didn't left home, leave home with a number. He left home as Bill Cosby. And he equated it to uh, going off to war. He's, he's at war. He's at war with Montgomery County in the state of Pennsylvania. And he said, when you go off to war and fight fight for this country, they don't send your family in to see how you're doing because that's a distraction. And he wants to stay focused. You know, look, he's been in there a year. He, he received three to 10 years, uh, Roland. Uh, and in three years, he could be up for parole. So he could be up for parole September 25th, 2021. Uh, but uh, only if he attends sexual violent predator courses. And he has, he met with the counselors last week and he told them, it looks like I got uh, nine years left of this unwanted vacation. So one second. And, uh, so, so you're saying that, you're saying that, uh, in order for him to be eligible for parole, uh, right. he, he, asked, he has to attend sexual predator classes. First of all, how often are those sexual classes? Sexual violent predator courses. I'm sorry, sex, sexually violent predator courses. Mm -hmm. And he refuses to attend those courses. Right. So, right. so, he, so he is willing, he is willing uh, to serve the full 10 years uh, by not going to those courses. Look, Mr. Cosby maintains his innocence. And as he stated, so many guys uh, get out of prison and they get out and they get parole because they admit guilt when they're not guilty. And once once they got out, you look at guys like Jack Johnson and you, the list goes on and on. It's hard to get that removed uh, once you once you get out and you then say, yeah, I was innocent. I said it to get out. He's holding his ground. Uh, Mr. Cosby presumption of uh innocence was stripped away when they allowed the 404B witnesses uh, to appear in that trial. And the 404B strictly states in black and white that they have to have similar interests with the accusers. One of the women, Lisa Lott Lublin out of uh, Nevada, said that I can't remember if he if he drugged or raped me. I don't remember anything. I just believe something happened. And they let her be a 404B witness. Janice Dickinson said I lied. In my book in 1983, I stated that Bill Cosby blew me off and didn't have sex to me. She said, I just made it up because I wanted a paycheck. And, and knowing Janice Dickinson's history, you still let her be a 404B witness. Juror number 11 stated, Roland, uh, that Mr. Cosby was innocent before the trial ever started and the judge refused to remove him. Uh, the, the juror four person, she's neighbors to the court reporter of the court, uh, of, of the court who was in the courtroom of the trial. So and you let the, you let the trial go on. So Mr. Cosby knows that he's innocent and he feels that this is a heavily funded um, um, violation against him. And he feels there's corruption against him, uh, politically motivated when this district attorney ran for office and said, if you elect me, I'll go after Bill Cosby. So he's he feels that people did not want him to have a voice in this election cycle. You look at what's going on in America. Mr. Cosby has been fighting for all people rights, humanizing them for, for years. That's what he's used a celebrity for. They did not want him to be a voice uh, in America, and they saw him as a threat. So when you see someone as, as a threat, especially a black, powerful, wealthy man, 
who's putting his money where his mouth is and making the community better, making this world better. This is what you do today. Uh, I'm going to have uh, questions from each one of my panelists. First, I'm going to start with Teresa Lundy, and then Dr. Niambi Carter, and then, of course, Mustafa Ali. Uh, Teresa, your question for Andrew Wyatt. calling you uh, from Philadelphia. So, you know, Bill Cosby is uh, their president um, to my community. So one of our questions is, uh, have you done enough as it relates to community support in order to help Bill Cosby? Is there anything else? I know he's serving his time, but, you know, as we look at related cases, Weinstein, President Donald Trump, is there something that, you know, we can do as um, influencers, as community supporters? Because, again, like you said, there's so many holes in this case. What can we do to help um, in this effort as it relates to appeal? Look, uh, call the Superior Court. Call those panel of judges. They gave us 35 minutes on August 12th, our attorneys, to uh, for oral arguments. They interrupted 15 minutes after 30 minutes. When the prosecutors got up there, uh, the prosecutors talked for 25 minutes, no interruptions, and then they helped them out and said, hey, you forgot to mention this case. Uh, we just hope these Superior Court judges, and I think the pressure needs to be put on them by the community. Look, Mr. Cosby was let down by the community. This is a guy who was giving money to black colleges before there was a Tom Joyner uh, Foundation, before all of these people decided to do something. He gave $100 million, over $100 million, putting you know kids through college from the black community, people of color. And, and you know, no one showed up to the trial. Uh, pastors were afraid. People were calling us and said, look, we're afraid because, you know, we don't want people to strip us of our money and we don't want people to take this way. People were fearful. They didn't know where this was coming from. Political leaders who he have helped over the years were afraid. His friends was ostracized because they said, look, we don't know where this is coming from. We feel that when he tried to buy NBC, that this is what, what happened. This is what started this. When he gave the pound cake speech, you know, he put, people are just fearful. And I, I feel like the black community, we have to stop letting white people tell us who to hate, when to hate, and how to hate our own. And white people like Gloria, Gloria Allred and her daughter, Lisa, Lisa Bloom, they go after only black men. They use a Hitler-style tactic, tactic to take down black men and black men legacies. And we have to stop that. We have to stand up for our own. I just feel that, you know, the public, the community, the world uh, should be calling these superior court judges and saying, no, give him a new trial. No, he should not be in here. Calling the governor of Pennsylvania. You know, it shows as political mo politically motivated when Josh Shapiro, the attorney general of Pennsylvania, writes an amicus brief, friends of the court saying, do not let Bill Cosby out. So I think that's what, what has to be done. I think people should mobilize. You look at what Pennsylvania and Philadelphia is doing for Meek Mill. You know, and I'm glad they're doing prison reform, but this is not about Meek Mill necessarily. They're using Meek Mill as the poster child for prison reform because now the prison system is affecting their own. It's affecting suburban kids. So now we have come to Meek Mill, a he's the poster child, but where would they be for Meek Mill 10 years from now? 
And that's what we have to think about. Before I go, Dr. Carter, first of all, just a correction there. I mean, uh, Lisa Bloom and Gloria Allred, they've actually gone after non-black men. So, I mean, they're, I mean that's, you know, there are a number of cases. So, I mean, that's, I understand your point, but the reality yeah. is there are cases, individuals uh, <laughs> who, who, they, who they've sort of gone after. Dr. Carter, go ahead. Uh, there's so much to unpack in what Mr. Wyatt said, so I'll be as tactful as I possibly can <laughs> okay. um, in that... Oh, thank you. Um, in that this charge that this is all a political conspiracy for an attempt to buy NBC over 20, maybe even 30 years ago at this point, is hard to swallow, even the claim that he's a political prisoner, in part because of the things that Bill Cosby has said over time about some of the same men he's actually in company with on an everyday basis. So my question is not so much about this case, but has his views about the people that he would call disposable, largely, right? I mean, part of that pound cake speech was saying that the people who end up in prisons and other places are not us, right? They're not us. They're failures because their communities have failed them or because of bad parenting or because of poor choices. So now that he finds himself in much similar circumstances, despite his wealth, how has his, how have his views on criminal justice or criminal justice reform evolved, uh, given his current circumstance? That's a great question. Mr. Cosby and I discussed the pound cake speech uh, a couple of days ago. And as he stated, he would not change anything in that speech because what he was saying is more relevant today than it was at that time. You know, when you look at what's going on in the, in the black community, you know, I'm a product of, of the black, uh, well, I grew up in the projects in Bessemer, Alabama, uh, and I see what's happening in the black community. You see, you know, the drug dealer going around picking up the 15-year-old girl, and he's 20-something years old, but because he's paying the mother's light bill, it, it's okay, and people turn a blind eye to it. I think what Mr. Cosby was trying to say to people is that we have to be responsible for ourselves and responsible for our community. But what I really love what he said, he said, Andrew, you know, they said that I was airing black people dirty laundry. He said, well, right now we're in here together with our dirty laundry. And my job now in this place is to change these young men so they could go out and be better fathers and better men. So, and then you talk about NBC 20 years ago. Let's think about it. Mr. Cosby was on Nixon's enemies list as a communist because he refused to perform at the White House, along with Jane Fonda, Dick Gregory, and others. He was watched by the FBI. So how is it 40-plus years ago he was wake raping white women uh, under the microscope of the FBI watching his every move, his shows was canceled. He's not new to a conspiracy or a scandal like this, and the family is not new to this. And that's to answer your question. Mustafa? Uh, Mr. White, I'm going to put on my legal hat real quickly and just ask a, a retrospective question. Is there anything <laughs> that you would do differently as counsel uh, now that you've had some time to uh, go through this process? Not counsel, spokesman. Spokesman. Well, you know, even 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 as a person who, who was responsible for hand picking his attorneys, and that's why I do have private investigators. Uh, you know, what we I probably would have done a little differently is not chosen a, a jury out of Montgomery County. You know, I would have went outside of that county. Mm -hmm. uh, that county was heavily populated for the district attorney, and I feel that those jurors, that their minds were already made up. Uh, when they got there. That's why juror number 11 said before the trial started. And we had a witness who was in the room with the juror, a black female, to come and, and into a hearing with the judge and state what this white man said, that he's guilty. So let's not waste our time and just and just end this trial and vote him guilty. I think it was just a tainted pool. Uh, the fix was in. 
Uh, but, you know, Mesro did the best that he could do under a system. Look, the Me Too movement was founded by a black woman, but it's really the Becky movement. The movement was founded, Me Too was founded several years ago, but when a white celebrity female posted hashtag Me Too uh, regarding Harvey Weinstein, that's when it took fire. So, you know, when Becky claims it, it's true. And that's what Gloria Alfa read and her daughter, Lisa Blasphemous Bloom, was able to do, was bring the white women out and then sprinkle a little pepper in there and make it believable with a few black women who you don't hear or see from anymore. Uh, will you, uh, the question here uh, is, will Bill Cosby do any interviews while he is in prison? Is he allowed to do so? Uh, and will he sit for one uh, with Roland Martin Unfiltered or some other uh, media outlet? You know, we, we talked about that, Roland. Uh, he He's not inclined to do anything right now. Matter of fact, uh, I went to see him today because uh, I wasn't planning on going to see him today. But Mrs. Cosby called and had not heard from him, and she was concerned. And so when I got to the prison, I rushed over there and got there. Uh, they got me back there, and it was only a couple of minutes left for visitation. And he said, look, I've been in the office the deputies brought me in the office. Someone showed up, a reporter, saying that they had information that I was going to be murdered today. And so, uh, but that person was just trying to get in to get a story, maybe a freelance reporter. I don't know. Those type of things happen all the time. But, you know, the, the, the prison's very respectful. Uh, he's very respectful of the warden and the people there because they're just doing their jobs. But at this present time, he has not said that he's going to do an interview. But if he should, Roland, uh, I will be the first to call you to get you in there if he's going to do that. And I just appreciate your your support just for getting the facts out, you know, because right now the only people that showed up at that courthouse and all Mr. Cosby ever asked for and all he has ever asked for and will ever ask for is just for the truth and facts of this case to be put out and for people to go and read. And black media was disappointing because the only black media that was there for a trial this big for an iconic figure who is still considered, if you watch his social media, as America's dad, what he gave us and how he changed all our lives. For them not to show up in Black Press USA to be the only to show up. And Dr. Benjamin Chavis made sure that his reporter, Stacey Brown, was there every day. It meant a lot. And but I, I just hope black media would do that, continue to do that, what you're doing right but, now. But, but, but I do know that, uh, if I'm correct, that the uh, reporter for w, WURD in Philadelphia was covering the trial, correct? And that's a black-owned radio station. Uh, not every day. Not every day. Okay. We're, we're, we're saying that, that the masses, the mainstream, like the black radio shows, uh, rolling, they were not there. TV One Got was it. not there. You know, that's all we're saying. The black community need, needed to hear the facts because this was a, a, a witch hut fund and then a lynching hurt funded by, by white people against Bill Cosby because he's so powerful. But in his words... They, they have made him more powerful than ever because the black men that he was trying to reach, as he stated, they're right here with me now, and I'm getting to reach them. All right, then. Andrew Wyatt, spokesman for Bill Cosby. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Roland. All have right. a great day. Thank you very much. And uh, also, for another note, news came out just yesterday. Bill Cosby uh, lost a lawsuit where he has to pay $2.75 million to his uh, to one group of his attorneys. Uh, he had challenged uh, the uh, California Arbitration Award that required him to pay 7 to $9 million in legal fees uh, to L.A.-based 
uh, law firm Quinn Emanuel. But again, uh, now, of course, with, with the ruling, he has to pay $2.75 million to that law firm. All right, folks, going to a break right now. Uh, we come back more on Roller Martin Unfiltered, including what the hell is going on with the bullying of black kids, white kids holding down a black girl in Virginia and cutting off her dreadlocks? And also, a crazy-ass white woman in L.A. shouts, if she could kill niggas, she would. All on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. Seven through the 11th, we'll be in Cabo, Mexico. That's right, uh, for the Life Lux Jazz Experience. Gerald Albright, my alpha brother, will be one of the folks who will be performing November 7th through the 11th. We'll be broadcasting Roland Martin Unfiltered there that Thursday and Friday. We want you guys to come out for an amazing four days of a wild experience. Talk about music and food and, and, and libations and spa and golf, all that good stuff taking place at the Omnia Day Club Los Cabos, nestled on the Sea of Cortez in the celebrity playground of Los Cabos, Mexico. It's going to be an unbelievable uh, jazz getaway, folks. Again, a uh, crazy time uh, we plan on having there. Lots of different mini concerts, daytime excursions, including the Spirit of Jazz Gospel Brunch and Jazz Sunset Cruise. Confirm guests Comedian actor Mark Curry, as I said, Jill Albright, Alex Bunyong, Mro Madon, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalaya, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, and Ronnie Laws, Ernest Quarles, and more. For more information, go to lifeluxjazz.com. That's L-I-F-E-L-U-X-E-J-A-Z-Z.com. Again, we're going to have a great, great time. I want to see you guys there again November 7th through the 11th while everybody else is freezing all across the country. We're going to be having a good time there in Los Cabos. And so uh, I'm looking forward to do it. So, again, lifeluxjazz.com. Get your packages now. Book your airfare. Let's have a hell of a four days. Grown folks, you know how we do. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, ooh, talk about uh, privileged white man. Thomas Holman, who served as the acting director of ICE from January 2017 to June 2018, just showed his ass today in a House hearing on immigration when he chastised Democrats, including the sister who was the committee chair. Watch this. You have failed to secure the border. You have failed to work with this president to close the three loopholes we've asked for two years to close. So if you want to know why this issue expired. exists, you need to look in the mirror. You, need, the you have failed American people who are not Holman. securing the border and closing the loopholes. Mr. Holman, look, please respect the 
chair and the authority you know, of the chair. The time have, of the gentleman has expired. I've asked you politely to let me go beyond my, my time, and you let other people go beyond their time, but not, not to Tom Homan. He don't get me go beyond have, his time. Mr. Homan, we have this, this approved is a, this, this is an agreement this is between the Republicans and the Democrats with the ranking member. We increased the time of one witness, uh, one uh, member of Congress who was interrupted by a protest. That is done with the approval of the ranking member. Please respect the chair's authority. The I respect woman, the chair's the authority, but the chair... Mr. Holman! The, you work for me. me. I'm a taxpayer. I'm a taxpayer. You work for me. The witness will suspend. Dr. Carter, an arrogant son of a bitch. Are we surprised, right? I mean, this is the era we live in where... Um, well, we've always lived in, right? White men get to do all kinds of things, throw temper tantrums. Our president does it daily, right? That this man felt empowered to be in front of a panel, right, of Congress who are inviting him to testify and asking him to stop when his time is up, and he is having a full-blown meltdown, I think mostly because this woman, this brown woman who had the nerve to cut him off and tell him it was time to stop. I mean, this is not surprising. We see things like this all the time. You can be as bad as you want to be, keep a job, keep your respect, keep your integrity, and nothing happens. And none of those men said a thing. And that's the other thing that, uh, Theresa, Republicans uh, should have said, no, you don't disrespect the chair. I don't care what your feelings are. But they didn't. Republicans won't say that because, as Dr. Carter has stated, one, it's privileged, and two, it's the, it's the senator who's delivering the message. And because she wasn't on their side, they felt like they did not have to do the work. But they do have to do the work. And so it's unfortunate, again, that we, you know, that we still see this even in government, but I don't know what to say here. <laughs> Mustafa. I mean, when he said the circus, he was right, but the circus is these folks who keep coming up to Capitol Hill and don't testify. They almost curse people out. They belittle them. They do all these different types of things. And sometimes I'm confused because I'm like, why don't y'all have somebody come and escort their ass out of the chamber? So until people start uh, actually tightening these folks up, they're going to continue to act up because they see the chief who continues to do the exact same thing. So right. it just trickles down. All right, let's talk about, again, uh, when uh, somebody uh, acts up in Tamarack, Florida, <laughs> during a commission meeting, Officer of the Month awards were being handed out by the mayor there, Michelle Gomez, and the city's leadership. But following a group photo with the law enforcement officers, Commission, Commissioner Mike Jellin, a brother, took the microphone from Gomez and called out Deputy Joshua Gallardo, called him back down to the front. Y'all check out what happened. Uh, Joshua Gallardo, my, my line. can you come down for a second? Good to see you again. You probably don't remember me, but you're the police officer who falsely arrested me four years ago. You lied on the police report. I believe you're a rogue police officer, you're a bad police officer, and you don't deserve to be here. Damn! <laughs> Mustafa, uh, and what happened there was the charges were dismissed. Mm -hmm. They would not pursue anything against him. Yep. Uh, the officer there said that he was resisting arrest. He wasn't, mm -hmm. and the mayor then apologized to him. We respect all cops. My man was like, damn that. 
He, he just gave his ass some real talk. I mean, that's what you got to do. When you got the mic, you got to tell people like it really is. And all he could do was shake his head yes, because he knew he had done all these <laughs> these things that was jacked up. And uh, he called him out. And let's remember, this was about someone being beaten. So this right. wasn't just a friendly uh, call. This man was recording. Uh, Jalen was recording a, a, a call from a person who had been beaten by, I guess, this officer or some other officer in, in proximity. And he was taking video as a citizen, as a as a concerned person for the health and safety of another person who had been attacked, I guess, by, or at least allegedly attacked, by the police. So I think this was rich, right? I think this is everybody's dream to be able to have the, the one moment, that one interaction with mm -hmm. that one police officer, that one person who did you dirty that one time. He Teresa, had his day. Teresa, he's like, player, come down, let me holler at you. <laughs> let me holler at you. I loved it. I, and then, I, I don't know if anybody heard me, but I was literally cracking up. <laughs> I was, it was, it was a laughter of Brother, y'all did not apologize at all for that. All right, y'all know what time it is. I'm white. I got you, huh? On my property. Whoa! Hey! Hey! the CBS in Los Angeles, a white, crazy-ass white woman lost her damn mind. Press play. Guess what? Police are, are investigating uh, this crazy uh, as white woman, uh, saying that what uh, she was involved in was a, yes, hate crime. Now, her tirade, which has been viewed nearly two million times on Facebook as early as today, again, sparked an investigation uh, and has gained her the internet hashtag, uh, hashtag Ku Klux Karen. Now, the L.A. Police Department said a hate incident report was taken following the outburst. She also apparently uh, works as a costume designer uh, and has worked on uh, several different television shows. Uh, and so, oh, guess what? She's fired. Y'all know what has happened. She got fired. Mm -hmm. Heather Lynn Patton ain't got a job anymore. I keep trying <laughs> to explain to y'all. I don't mind white folks losing their mind because all they keep doing is losing us. She's 49 years old. Again, she has worked in the film industry doing costume design uh, and has worked on uh, other roles uh, as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, Teresa, Heather ain't got no job. Heather ain't got no job. Heather ain't got no mindset. Heather ain't into her medication. I don't know what it was. 
but it's very unfortunate. Uh, you know, to, I'm, I'm not sure what transpired, but I think what, what gets me every time is when there's always an investigation into the video that we clearly see that she was out of her mind. Um, but again, we'll wait for the investigation and looking forward to a future report. But I think saying she's out of her mind is letting right. her off the hook. It's Damn crazy. right. We always say they lose their mind, but when white people lose it, we always become niggas. That's always at the top of their head. There was no provocation here. There was nobody here. This woman is is shouting at the top of her lungs what she really feels in her interior. And of course, today she's remorseful. Now she doesn't have a job. And then she was inebriated. And then it was, I had just lost a job. And so I was feeling away. But it's black people's fault. So we become niggas when it's convenient for white people. And then they cry when there's a real consequence to say, I didn't mean it. I made a mistake. I make lots of mistakes all day, but I don't go around calling people racial slurs when I make a mistake. I don't go around, you know, cursing at the top of my lungs in the CVS in the middle of the day for no good reason because she went full white woman, right? And one of the first rules, you never go full white woman in public. And when you do, you face the consequences. But what is she going to probably do? Post for her privacy. Yeah. She's going to apologize and she's going to cry. And then... Hopefully, this will blow over. Well, Mustafa, she worked on this television show called Medium, and now uh, another person uh, wants her removed from Local 705. Sarah mm -hmm. DeSago Orego says um, they will, she called for other union members yep. to file complaints yeah. against oh. her to, to request her expulsion from the union. Hit them in the pockets. That's right. When people want to act crazy, hit them in the pockets. That will get their attention. She wasn't drunk. Because she was walking real straight <laughs> to that car, made some quick little turns, and said what she needed to say, took a couple more steps, made some turns. What I think happened was she actually listened to an old Richard Pryor album, and then she came back and said, you know what, I think I'm going to try this out on folks. And she tried it out, and she got jacked. So she has worked on uh, Heather. Heather uh, has worked on Dennis Leary's FX drama Rescue Me, mm -hmm. Patricia Arquette's NBC series Medium. She also was the set costumer on movies such as Patterson, The Book of Henry, and last year's Tribeca uh, Song of Back uh, and Neck. She also was the set costumer for Sarah Paulson's upcoming uh, Ryan Murphy Netflix mm -hmm. Ratchet. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, Heather ain't got no job, y'all. And look, and I keep telling y'all, white America, please, by all means, if you choose to continue to show your racist behavior. Yes, right. Please, please do so while cameras are rolling. <laughs> so, therefore, more of you can lose your jobs. <laughs> and so, what I hope is, Black Hollywood, now that we know that there's a costume design That's position right. on the show Medium, mm. I would certainly hope flood a resumes with black people would flood in to the show <laughs> in order for them to be hired. And I keep telling y'all, the more they keep acting the fool, we can end black unemployment That's right. right now That's right. every time they lose one of their jobs. <laughs> All right, y'all, a couple of stories out there about white kids bullying black kids. The first one, upstate New York. White girls ages 10, 11, and 10 were arrested in an alleged hate crime for the school bus beating of a 10-year-old black girl. Police in Governor of New York, a small town not far from the Canadian border, arrested the two white girls Monday following a two-week probe after the victim's parents filed a police report saying their daughter had been beaten in an assault that involved racially motivated language. The town of Governor is 95% white, 1% black. The story out of Springfield, Virginia is crazy. Three sixth-grade boys are accused of pinning down a fellow classmate, a 12-year-old girl, on the playground and cutting her locks because mm -hmm. they are nappy and ugly. Mm -hmm. Amari Allen said she has never been more traumatized in her life until Monday when she said a group of white male classmates attacked her on the playground at Emmanuel Christian School, a private K-12 school in Fairfax School, Virginia, 
where, of course, the wife of Vice President Mike Pence teaches. She says that one boy covered her mouth and the second boy put her hands behind her back, while the third boy pulled out scissors and cut her medium-length locks while calling her names. Uh, Doc, they should be... They should expelled? be expelled. They should be arrested. And to and if I'm her parents, it would have took taken everything out of me to not put hands and feet on those children. Because what that says to to them, like I've just I've like kept thinking about is the trauma and the the terror mm -hmm. to be held down, have your mouth covered, and then somebody to pull out a sharp object. They could have stabbed her in her eye, her ear. They could have cut her face. They could have killed that girl. And we can call this harmless pranks. We can call this We can call it bullying. But that was assault. And that was a textbook assault. And I don't care how old these boys are. If they're doing this at 11, I hate to see what they do at 15, 16, 17, and yep. 18. Because this kind of stuff... And, it's, and I, I just... I almost spit nails. Because where were right. any of the adults in either of these cases? Mustafa, this is, again, what we're seeing when it comes to how black hair is mm -hmm. deemed Absolutely. to be offensive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, and I know it uh, firsthand. So, but, you know, the, the interesting thing about this is that I hope folks will just slow down for a second and just flip the script and imagine that you had three black boys holding down a white girl, putting their hands over her mouth so she could not scream out and then cutting her hair. And how would that play out? Absolutely. We all know how it would play out. Absolutely. So, and again, like you said, these types of behaviors, when not addressed, these types of assaults, when not addressed, lead young to younger men, um, you know, creating more violent crimes. Absolutely. So it has to be dealt with absolutely. in a very serious way. Absolutely. Real quick, Teresa. Musafi, you're absolutely right. I mean, even if we use that same uh, scenario and go to Central Park 5, mm. the, the scenario was a white woman was in the park, she was running, and then next thing you know, you, you know she was pinned down by African-Americans. This was in a private school in an educational institution where there were supposed to be teachers on site and there was no protection. This could have been a rape assault. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But we do know that these young men are 12. There's still some pending investigation. But the immediate response from the school should have been expulsion and it should have been law enforcement matters immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks a bunch. All right, folks. Time for our next segment. of AFSCME Strong was to prepare ourselves for success in any environment. And that's exactly what we did. Because of all that work, our members were inoculated when right to work became the law of the land in the public sector. You know, the same dark money groups that brought the Janus case started targeting AFSCME members with propaganda blitzes trying to trick people into walking away from their union. But by the time they heard the lies from them, AFSCME members had already heard the truth from us, from their steward, from their co-workers, from voices they trust. And so they had the tools and information to tell the right-wing scam artists to go straight to hell. They did that. They did that. They did that. Our members did that. And with pride and with passion, with courage and character in overwhelming numbers, AFSCME members said loud and clear 
No matter what through thick or thin, come hell or high water, I am sticking with my union. Uh, that was Lee Saunders, president and CEO of Aspen. We certainly thank them for being a partner here at Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, uh, we want you to support what we do here at Roland Martin Unfiltered by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com, joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show. We have folks who've given us, uh, you know, again, money from some people are giving us monthly, some people yearly. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our followers to give just about 50 bucks each for the year, which is, comes out to be a little more than four bucks a month, 13 cents today, uh, because uh, this is about having an independent black-owned media outlet that speaks to our stores, that covers our issues. And so uh, you can pay via PayPal, you can pay via, uh, of course, Square, or even Cash App. Uh, if there are some people, in fact, uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, I saw her name earlier. I think it's Irene Cross. I thank you for your donation on our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Tandria Canty, thank you as well for uh, for donating. Irene Gross, I'm sorry. Uh, Tandria as well. Thank both of you for donating. So you can also donate, if those of you who are watching us right now uh, on YouTube can also donate via that platform. And so we certainly appreciate that. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be uh, in... Uh, Seattle. I'll be in Seattle tomorrow uh, speaking at the Tabor 120th Anniversary Gala. Looking forward to keynoting that speech. Um, they told me that, of course, after they announced I'm going to be giving a keynote, they sold out of tickets. We like that. And so, of course, last night I was in uh, Lima, Ohio, and so I had a great time there uh, as well for that event. Also sold out. And then when we spoke uh, at the uh, in Fort Knox, Kentucky for the NAACP on Saturday, another sold out event. So, Y'all, it's very simple. Y'all book me to speak, you're going to sell the joint out. <laughs> so if you also want to book me uh, for events, uh, for speeches, especially upcoming, obviously, MLK, Black History Month, you want to go to RolandSMartin.com, RolandSMartin.com. You can just click the button called Speaking, fill that form out, goes to my office. I'll be back with you in 24 hours. And so you know how we do. Uh, Somebody got to bring the funk, tell the truth, uh, and do so. So, again, we want you to support black media. Teresa, thanks a lot. Dr. Carl, thanks a lot. Mustafa, we appreciate it as well. All right, folks, hope you have an absolute great weekend. We always end the show on Friday showing you all the names of the people who have contributed to our Bring the Funk fan club. If your name is not on there, send us an email. We'll certainly add it. I got to go. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.